Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Paul Krauss Show on the Star Nations Radio Network. Hi, everybody. Welcome to the September 2017 edition of the Paul Krause Show on the Star Nations Radio Network, where we talk with a broad range of international guests about living life better and making a difference in our rapidly changing world. Today, I'll be talking with uh, Kamakura, Japan-based yoga teacher and funk soul sister, Carmela Fleury. But before we get to our conversation, let me say a little bit about myself. My name is Paul Krauss. I'm a spiritual teacher, advisor, and life coach based here in Kyoto, Japan. I help people who want to consciously change their lives for the better. I help them sort out their insides, solve their problems, and uh, help them get to where they really want to go in life. I do this uh, worldwide uh, via Internet video calling or face-to-face here in Kyoto. You can reach me through my website, paulkraus.com. That's Krauss with a C, C-R-O-U-S-E. Or you can search for TooTallPaul.com. Since many people can't remember how to spell my name, I'm uh, six foot five or nearly two meters tall. That's TooTallPaul.com. Operators are not standing by. And if you get a chance, make sure to have a listen to some of the other great shows we have here on the Star Nations Radio Network. Uh, you can listen to the shows live or any time in the car archive. Just go to StarNations.org. Uh, where you can find the radio shows and lots of other great content. Also, you can listen to any of my past shows at any time on my website at paulkraus.com. Just click on Radio Show. And make sure to stick around for Julie Hedges' Tarot Journey Show, which will be on right after this show. Now, with that out of the way, I'd like to introduce today's guest, Carmela Fleury. Hi, Carmela. Hi, Paul. How are you doing this lovely day? Good. I'm impressed. I thought it was a recording. You actually say this every time, every call, uh, well, right? Yeah, well, so far on my radio show, I, I should probably change it a little bit, yes, but that's my, I've practiced it a few times. Wow, wow. <laughs> that's my radio <laughs> voice. I could do the top 40 radio voice if you'd like. I I heard, and I love the too tall. Too <laughs> tall, Paul. Like... Because most people, they see my name spelled, it's with C, and they, they say cruise, and O-U is ow in English. Not, it's not, people go, are you related to Tom? Like, no, he's a little short guy. And in Japanese, my my in katakana, my name is Kurausu. So it sounds just like claws. So people, Japanese people, seriously come up to me and say, "Are you related to Santa Claus?" Uh, no. <laughs> Enough about me, Carmela. I hear a yes. doll in the background. What is that? Uh, we just moved um, next to the ocean. So, um, yes, there are seagulls and hawks. And there is also, which makes it perfect, a big highway in front of us, too, so in between the, the ocean and us. So okay. let me know if the if the trucks get a oh, bit too loud fine. and I can close the window. So where are you? You're in where? Come In, in Kamakura. And in where, um, relative to Tokyo? So it's... If you're to take a straight line to the ocean from Tokyo via uh, Yokohama, okay. um, it's where 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 land meets 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 ocean meets water. And what's Kamakura famous for, other than the ocean? 
Kamakura is famous for uh, Daibutsu. They've got an, a huge Buddha. And from what I've heard, it's where uh, the military used to train, and then they turn into Buddhist monks. <laughs> okay. um, so there's a, there's a spiritual aspect to it. They, they run um, Zazen retreats here. Okay. So, um, so yes. Okay, so come on. So you just moved there from Tokyo, right? Yes, correct. All right. So tell us a little bit about uh, you, Carmela, before we as we start off. Um, so, what do you do? <laughs> what do I do? Um, oh, I'm sure my coach has been like, "This is your this is your perfect point to like have your nice little." what is it called, the elevator speech, and I don't have a, a perfected one. But I guess if I were to say in a couple words, I'm a, me too, I'm a life coach. Okay. Um, I'm a yin yoga instructor. Okay. By, by, yeah, by night <laughs> or in the, uh, in, yeah, late evening. And I'm also trained as a health coach um, through the Institute of Integrative Nutrition. Okay. So, so that's kind of, yeah. But what I, what I like doing is, uh, coaching mostly moms of young kids. So I run retreats called um, How to Raise Happy and Healthy Mamas. And, um, and yeah, and I teach yin yoga weekly. Okay. And uh, that's how I keep myself busy. <laughs> what is, what's yin yoga compared to other kinds of yoga? So yin yoga is, um, was developed by two people um, that are still alive today. So it's a relatively new branch of yoga let's say mm -hmm. and um it's quite restorative and it works on the fascia which is um like kind of the the shield that keep like um the way they they like to say it's like cling film um underneath our muscles that keep all the muscles and bones together and basically by stretching this it's connected to um what they use in acupuncture so like our our meridians okay. and so you target these meridians and basically just put everything back in order. For me, it's like the way I like to see it, it's just getting three hours of sleep and one hour of, of, of it's like a really good massage, but oh, okay. without seeing a masseuse. Okay. Okay. Um, yeah. All right. Good. How long have you been doing that? I have been doing that for about three years now. I've been, I've been learning with the founder, um, Sarah Powers, mm -hmm. who is an incredible human being. And, um, and yeah, it's just crazy to actually meet these people while they're alive instead of just reading books from 2,000 years ago of like this one guru <laughs> that existed. Um, so yeah, so being in her presence, it's like seeing a really rare bird. You're like, oh, she's alive. She exists and she actually lives what she preaches and, and you can see it in everything she says and does. And where is she based out of? Ooh, I think she's traveling quite a bit. Um, her daughter is out of London now or she's going to the Imperial College so I think she's trying to move herself in Europe but she does retreats all over the world um, so I really recommend it to anyone British? She's American she's from California Okay. And what, um, what was her name again? Sarah Powers Sarah Powers, okay that's pretty, mm -hmm. pretty easy to find and gosh how do we know each other? There's another Sarah involved here <laughs> Sarah's all, all over the place Yes, my the dear Sarah Everett. Um, for, for oh, Ria. for you. Sorry. <laughs> Everett for Ria, her, 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 her married name. name. Yes. Yeah. And uh, that's how we uh, we met through Sarah Ferria or Sarah Everett mm. Ferria, who uh, is uh, also a coach in uh, Tokyo, who was on our show mm -hmm. a couple uh, months back. 
and she's mm-hmm. a lovely woman, so mm. you can look her up online also, everybody. Might as well give people mm-hmm. plugs, right? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. <laughs> oh, I've known Sarah virtually for maybe seven years. A couple oh. of friends were like, you two need to meet, you two need to meet, you two need to meet. Oh, okay, and, and then I think we fell in love about three years ago. Okay, good. And that love, <laughs> and that love that's still has been. On? Consummated still. Yes, yesterday too. <laughs> I saw her yesterday. <laughs> All right, cheers. Um, so you do, you're a health coach, you do yin yoga. Um, how did you, so actually the, the, the title we talked about um, is, is spirituality a bunch of BS or, <laughs> or is it? So uh, let's maybe walk a little bit down that path. Um, so you're, you do yin yoga, and you said you're, you're, you're very interested in the wellness. How did you get uh, interested or, or in, in this sort of realm about, about inner work or outer work? Or? Hmm. Um, I think any curious being will be confronted to it or will, will have access to it, um, and then it's just for them to... To, to go further. So I think mine was just thanks to yoga, just through breath work and through, um, and also hand in hand with life coaching. So I don't think you can do, you can do as much body work as you want. If you haven't dealt with the emotions or the thoughts behind it, not much is going to happen. And vice versa, if you're only working the thoughts and the emotions without moving or stretching the body, it doesn't, it doesn't go together. So, uh, um, uh, why do you say that? Because I do know a lot of people that do do a lot of the. So many, some people who do do the, the spirit work don't don't necessarily do body work. What do you? Can you go into a little bit more detail about that? Sure. Um, well, I mean, defined body. So I think uh, what, what I'm sorry. What I'm pointing at is um, the, how the Latin say mente sano in corpo sano or san, corpo sano in mente sano. So. Um, it's just that mind-body correlation. Mm-hmm. So they, in life coaching, I don't know which, which coaching training you did, but um, I did Martha Beck. And Martha Beck, there's a huge part of it, which, which is mind-body connection. And the study that shows that people who are truthful or say their truth or live their truth mm-hmm. are physically stronger. Mm-hmm. So... By not living your intended course or or your higher purpose or whatever you want to call it, mm-hmm. you're physically weaker. And okay. I I completely agree with that. Of course, I'm not saying there could definitely be spiritual healers who are of a certain size, um, and that doesn't mean that they're not spiritually strong. That's not what I'm saying at all. It's just if they're living their truth and their true calling, they were they will be their physically at their physical peak whatever it means for their body type if that okay. makes any sense well, that makes perfect sense i mean and part of it this whole thing is is about getting stronger i mean we are whilst we would like to separate the mind the body the emotions the spirit i mean we are one being correct <laughs> and we need to separate correct. it out just so we can understand it as a human being so as correct. we as we get stronger as we get more connected yes we're going to become stronger um, physically, mentally, emotionally, as I think as we, especially as, as we learn to let go of things, for example, of uh, emotional things or, or traumas from the past. Okay. Correct. And, and I just want to like, 
that the nuance between strength it's not strong like the power strong uh like the 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 training i think it's more of like a a subtle and flexible lean resilience it's just being able to yeah just being resilient like recovering when recovering faster when taken down by you know illness or 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 sickness or or you know certain deaths or whatever it is like just being able to bounce back or having that resilience rather than that like warrior power strength if that makes any sense okay no that makes sense i mean it doesn't mean you have to go out and you know lift you know 50 no kilos. not at all <laughs> although if that's what you want to do that's fine although wait i just um, although wait that would get to the third eye um oh, i just read a quote about the third eye I opened my third eye and I got shampoo in it or something like that. So, yeah, so I'm sure. I opened no, no. my third eye and I got what? And I got shampoo in it. No, because it's thinking of, like, I can raise, you know, that much weight over my head. Like, I'm sure, like, there's a there's a power in, in training the spiritual mind, too. Sure, um, sure. No, <laughs> anywho. And, you, and have you gotten shampoo in your third eye lately? Oh, I'm sure every day. <laughs> When you so you also talk about um, you do you do a lot of stuff with moms. Uh, yes. What? Tell me what you. Well, you've got a couple of kids of your own. Correct. I've got two kids. How old, man? I have a boy who's five and a girl who's two. Ooh, five and two. So you're a pretty mm-hmm. busy person. Oh, I'm I'm knee deep in motherhood right now. Okay, that gives you a lot of strength, huh? <laughs> uh, there's no other way around it. <laughs> <laughs> So tell me a little bit about um, some of the stuff that you do with with moms. With moms. So um, it all started when my best friend and I were interviewing each other. And we knew, we met in New Zealand when we were 21, and we didn't know anything about each other prior to that. Mm-hmm. So, and, you know, after 15 years of friendship, we're like, wait a minute. <laughs> what, was, what was before that? And so we kind of took each other through, like, five years de- increments. And um, and what I noticed when I was telling her about my childhood was, like, when my mom was healthy, I was relatively healthy. Um, and then there's photographs of my mother when she was quite depressed and we had, you know, there's things going on. And I, and, and I had all these physical ailments at that time, too. Mm-hmm. So um, just how, how those formative years, whoever your primary caretaker is, um, however they're feeling or however their self-caring for themselves will affect your upbringing. Okay. Um, and so with that in mind, I was, um, I was, as I said, still am, but knee deep in, in, in motherhood and at that, those tender years. And I, and, um, and I just combined the, the life coaching to, to reach the audience that was going through the same thing as I was. Okay. So uh, without you don't have to go into detail. So you're saying mm-hmm. that you so you had illnesses when you were younger, and or just or I mean it wasn't illnesses. It was just whenever my mom was well, I was well, and whenever my mom was not well, I was not well. Um, and it wasn't you know it was it would be like a here you know it would be an earache here, it would be a, a skin infection there. It was it wasn't I wasn't. Um, Okay, I didn't. didn't it wasn't like I was handicapped. No, 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 no. I no. No, no, no. I I, no. I understand. I because I have a friend actually, who um, she she, when I I, somebody actually through my gym who I met, and she's a lovely woman. And and we're when we were getting to know her, she was talking about 
goes, you know, when you were a kid and you saw like on TV, there was like, you know, the kid with leukemia in the cancer ward. She goes, that was me. And she talked about, and and she's now in her, um, she's now in her uh, 20s and and perfectly healthy. I mean, wow. she overcame, but she overcame leukemia. Wow, like, that's well, or or maybe if it's not a leukemia, form of cancer, a, a form Another of cancer. One. I'm sorry, I don't. Wow, I made made a mistake, but it was, it no, was no. whatever it was. It was not. It was no cup of tea. It was she was, it was wow. very difficult. You know, the, the the bald head and the the whole nine yards. And, of course. Um, so she te- she's actually a very interesting woman to talk to because it's very much she very much as as a as a as a child was looking deaf you know, wow. straight in the eye. And um, she overcame that. And it was interesting, one of the, the other day we were at a place where some people were <laughs> were starting, for were smoking. And she goes, I don't really understand why people do this. They're really healthy now and you're sticking this thing inside you that's going to kill you. And then she went into some very, uh, which I won't go on to now on the radio, but very explicit details about the things that she had to go to and the chemicals that she had to take and what they had to do to mm. what they did to her body. But nonetheless, that the negative part of the chemicals that did to her body, there was the positive part that it killed the cancer and she's still alive mm. right now today. Wow. So, um, so having that, so also she's very interesting. Some, when you meet people like this, mm-hmm. it's very interesting because they have, you know, every day, you know, every moment's a blessing, right? Mm-hmm. Because, you know, snap of the fingers and, and we could all be gone. Uh, mm. So I think that also goes in with a lot of that sort of the mindfulness stuff and that the, just being aware that we're alive at this very moment. Um, anyway, mm. I just wanted that you just reminded me of that, uh, mm-hmm. about being, being healthy. Um, so again, we're <laughs> coming back to is spirituality a bunch of BS? <laughs> is it? <laughs> Let's just throw the bone right out there, girl. Or why it's might or why might someone say that? Or why? Let's let's be controversial. <laughs> or not controversial. Just I'm just throwing the bone back at you and see if you or the tennis lob and. <laughs> well, what's spirituality to you? Oh, good question. Very good question because it's actually not the easiest to answer. Um, well, I think of it as spirituality is we, we have a spirit or a soul and we have this thing that we're born with that is our essence. And it's, um, it's one of those things that you really can't put your finger on, but it's there. Um, and, and it's an, it's an energetic thing. It's, and it's, it's beyond our consciousness. Um, that, so the spiritual, and, and uh, having, so we both live in Japan now, and, and in Japan is a, it's a Shinto country, it's a pagan country, and, and the basic belief system in Shinto is, we live in a spiritual world, means there are beings all around us that we can't see, and, and that the, also that the trees have spirits, the rocks have spirits, the place has spirits, you know, Japan is the land of the gods, so from mm. that sort of pagan Shinto point of view it's that we're out we're, we're living in this very energetic world and that we have this this part inside of us uh, that is the reason that we're alive and it's 
and part of that, um, if you if you want to take a spiritual path, is is to part of it is just to simply strengthen that inner part of us so that we can go out into the world and and live our lives. Um, I think what happens with spirituality because of the elements of religion, which go with spirituality, and um, well, once we get in parts of involved with religion, we get into uh, organizations that have to do with uh, uh, organizing society and belief systems, and then it gets very complicated. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so this is where I, maybe I should have, when you asked me for a title, maybe I should have changed it more towards like, enlightenment which i think is more okay i don't know tell me where i'm wrong like is enlightened more on a on an individual basis or spirituality or can spirituality be can spirituality is it more is it is it more on an individual like okay what's the difference between enlightenment and spirituality uh well oh <laughs> well enlightenment comes from the the buddhist and and uh uh system right where where siddhartha gotama who be, sat under the tree and became enlightened he did mm-hmm. spiritual practices that raised him up uh past the threshold uh, to a different spiritual level uh where again this gets very complicated because there we talked earlier about dogma and so what is the dogma of enlightenment? I mean, because in, in, in certain parts of Buddhism, there's, there's dogmatic things, and you try to explain enlightenment from this one point of view, and people get all upset. Um, <laughs> no, no, because you're challenging, you're not saying it the way that their dogma says it. Mm-hmm. Um, so what is this is where this is where religion and organization comes in, yes. Yeah, yeah. And, um, and also belief system. I mean, um, so enlightenment specifically, actually in the word, in English, we have it's, it's more of a narrow word because we also use the word enlightenment having to do with uh, uh, like the Enlightenment era of you know the the, the, uh, the 17th and 18th century where peoples uh, were came out of the Dark Ages. I mean uh, mm-hmm. things like the, the, the rebirth of uh, the scientific method and so for so forth. Um, a German, I, I say a Swiss person was actually explaining to me that in German. The words are very different between enlightenment, like the age of enlightenment and, and Buddhist enlightenment are actually different words. Mm. Um, I think, so if you ever look at the, the Japanese Buddhist statues, one of the parts that a lot of people forget about the enlightenment is the light part of enlightenment. Because mm-hmm. all the Buddhists are always bright. There's always mm-hmm. so the energetic field around it. And I didn't really understand this until I saw the movie Little Buddha, where, um, what, Keanu plays Siddhartha. Yes. And then he sits under the tree, and when he becomes enlightenment, there's like this boof of light. And I'm like, oh, mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, mm-hmm. I get it. <laughs> I get it more now. I mean, uh, understanding enlightenment, I think um, that is a, a, a challenge. Um, I, what, what do you, what is your, so spirituality, I think spirituality is the acknowledgement of this part of our world that is of a spiritual nature. And the spiritual nature is, um, things that are uh, either in a different dimension or beings that are of that that exist just of spirit that just are energy beings as opposed to mm. um, you know we have we're we're chemical beings we have you know we have a chemistry we're alive we're, we're in this we have physical matter 
that's one way of looking at it. I mean, this this is a. I guess you could do a PhD dissertation. <laughs> what is fair trade? What What do you think it is? Hmm. Well, um, my my teacher Martha Beck has been doing um a writing course with. I'm not, I'm not sure if you're familiar with Liz Gilbert who who wrote Eat Left Pray. Uh, I, I I saw the movie. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, so um, both of them are. So they've been writing. They've been giving this writing workshops um, online called Writing Into Light, and it's all about enlightenment. Mm-hmm. And from from what it sounds like, it's just finding your your quote unquote groove or whatever it is that that channels your suffering or your pain. And and that outlet could be. And it's different for everyone, but for them, it clearly was writing. It saved them. It was their sanctuary. It was their, it was, it was, yeah, it was their lifeline. So for other people, it could be the arts. For others, for me personally, it's been yoga. Um, and and the the way they explain it is just more of less. <laughs> um, more of less. Okay. More more of less. So basically, just enlightening. So making lighter. Um, and just emptying, you know, the, 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 whatever we're carrying. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so they do it through breath with the breath work, which I think is, I mean, pranayama breath is, I, it's what in these mortal bodies keeps us, um, alive. alive. And, and from the, the Buddhist writings, he's like, anyone can, can reach enlightenment as long as they can breathe. Mm-hmm. And, and really the mastery of breath. Um, I go to a, a, fest, a yoga festival called Spirit Festival in Bali for the past four years. Mm-hmm. And there's just, I've never seen so many beings lit up from the eyes. Like there's just something about them and, and they can be all ages. I met this one man, Victor, who was, you know, so bright, um, clear eyed and clear skin. And he had white hair and, and he was just so joyful and was blowing bubbles at every band that came on the stage and he was dancing and um and I had to talk to him, and he was like, you know, I talked to the plants this morning, and mm. there's just so much life everywhere. You could just see everything he looked at was with with wonder, and and um and every person that I encountered that had that what I like to see that light inside, mm-hmm. um, they all did some form of breath work. Mm-hmm. Um, it was it was either they were teaching it, they had taken courses in it. It was just part of their daily. Um, daily breathing <laughs> like they was just what they did and so yeah so that that the breath i think is how a lot of people can reach enlightenment or spirituality uh um, okay no i mean yeah so, yeah a, a lot of i mean a lot of the practices that i've learned about does focus on the breath um i mean some this very simple <clears throat> like yeah, sh- shamans right yeah yeah or, or even uh, like anapana um um uh, meditation is just mm-hmm. focusing on the breath. I mean, if we just think about it, if we take it a little bit of the, the magical element out of it, um, a question you might ask somebody is, how many times did you breathe today? And of <laughs> course, so how many, so Carmela, how many times did you breathe today? <laughs> um, I start every yin yoga class um, with three deep, and a lot of good masseuses do it too. It's just like, and we should do it right now. It's just take three deep inhales and three loud exhales with a sigh. So, loud exhale out. <sighs> Second. <laughs> deep inhale in. Loud exhale out. <sighs> and last deep inhale in. 
Loud exhale out. And so just by sighing, your body's not caught up with your brain. Yes, of course, you're, you're always in your mind. As long as, as soon as we get into the verbal, which is essentially what we're doing in interviews, yeah. <laughs> especially on a radio, like all we have mm-hmm. is our voice. As soon as we start using our voice, we get into the, that part of the brain that just um, kind of takes you away from that breathing, the calming, um, which brings you right back to the, to the now. Um, well, the breathing, the breathing part also, when you do the breathing, you're being in the now. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> I mean, oh, as humans, we're, we're vo- vocal beings, so this is the, the, the speaking is an integral part of being a human being, yeah? And language mm-hmm. and all of that. Uh, oh, go ahead. Which, which animals and toddlers don't have. <laughs> right, right. And they just read energies. So, yeah, they... Yeah. But the... Oh, I wanted to say the sighing part, um, mm-hmm. for anyone who's listening and who ever is in an anxious place, like just sighing immediately tells your body you're in a safe place. And I've noticed people going through high traumas, like the body will self-soothe itself by constantly (sighs) just sighing. Um, You're just letting that out. Correct, correct. And it gives the body the the cue like, okay, we're in safe territory, we can let go, We're, we're safe. Okay. No, 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 it's great. That is a very useful one. So, so, so things that people can take away from today is just taking a few moments to do those three deep breaths with the sighing. Mm-hmm. Um, how often might you do that during a day? Oh, goodness. <laughs> uh, probably not enough, but laughter is, is a form of it, too. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and just, you know, even when you're talking with friends really fast, at some point your body will go... <gasps> <laughs> So consciously, maybe just when, when yoga is involved. Um, Let me ask you this question, since you mm-hmm. you're, you're do a lot of body stuff. You know, there's a lot of people that maybe um, have, an un, have had or have an unhealthy lifestyle or aren't very healthy or, or want to become more healthy, um, but they're, what, are, what are some simple things that people can do just just to move just a little bit every day to move forward with with becoming more healthy. With, mm-hmm. in, I mean, and in, in just like, as you say, just moving a little bit. What might be things that people could do? Okay. So there's a couple. Um, and there's different, of course, there's different layers. There's, like we said before, like the body layer, the emotional layer, the thought layer, mm-hmm. um, the spirit layer. So starting with the spirit, I think if you're just to go more towards, and, and Martha Beck is super honest about this. She's like, more, the more I tell my clients to do things they like <laughs> and go less towards those things they don't like doing, um, you know, and, they, and she gets paid millions for repeating the same message. And it's just, um, just, gra- just slowly moving towards the activities, the places, the people, that just light you up um, and, and, and just slowly retracting from the places that people and um, things that don't. And um, I would say at first just getting still, which might be hard, but just going into nature and just going into the world of wordlessness, so not being, you know, just going out of the, the judgment, the, the, the word world <laughs> this world the one we're doing right now <laughs> um okay. well but, okay so you say going out into nature what if i'm uh, if i'm sitting in tokyo <laughs> the largest city in the world 
there's a park somewhere. There's a okay. there's a tree somewhere. There's a flower somewhere. There's okay. there's a there's a there's a an energetic like you were saying the Shinto. We're in the right place to be talking about this. The energetic world is is all around you, you know, and it and it's it's not trying to. It doesn't need your words. It just needs your presence. That's it. Okay. Um, so nature, breath work. I would um, reach, well, there's a pranayama. Okay, so we said pranayama. There's yoga therapy by Louisa Sears, and she did this really simple list of things that I think is probably based on shaman, uh, shamanic journey of just like, you know, when when did you start stop singing? When did you stop telling stories? When did you stop dancing? Um, just going back to those, um, she gives the simple list. I can't remember exactly what it was, but it was, I remember there was the nature element, there was the breathing element, there was the retreat. So go get away from your routine if you can, just to mm-hmm. switch your 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 neuro your brain neuro pathways. Um, and there was mantra, of course, so the thoughts. And I'm not sure if you're familiar with Louise Hay, who yeah. unfortunately passed away two weeks ago, but I mean her she was healing all physical ailments by a mantra. Mm-hmm. So your thoughts influence your emotions and your emotions influence your body your physical outcomes so when doctors step in it's usually too late it's just you've ignored you know you've they're fixing of course the physical body but Mm -hmm. your physical body is just expressing an ailment that happened way deeper and usually it's at a soul level and that's why i'm surprised there are not more shamans nowadays fixing those ailments at the root um, and and just giving the nudge to pe- for people to to go with their essence and to 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 navigate within their their journey of thing of assets that were given to them at birth, mm-hmm. um, if that makes any sense. Sure, it makes sense. You 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 true. You said quite a bit there. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I would like to say it, it is. I think it is important for people to go seek medical help when they need it. Of course. Of course. Oh, and, and both that, my and parents. That, wouldn't um, be alive if it weren't for right. For so that because we 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 also uh, uh, had had talked. To, I mean, there's we have to. I think it's good to seek the medical help and also to also uh, inquire or uh, investigate or find, as you said, the things that are at, that may be at the root of it um, that are on this level that you're talking about. Um, when did you stop? I wrote down here. When did you stop singing? <laughs> that's, that's a that's a very good one. When is it in our lives that we we get into the grind or get 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 in our uh, well? We had to drop something to what did we what did we let go of to? Well, thank we goodness there's karaoke in Japan. People would be in a much different place if it karaoke didn't exist. Karaoke is uh so what's your song? Oh my, um I'd have to go for Prince. Prince, Prince <laughs> Actually, no, sorry, Dolly Parton, um, Dolly Parton, Jolene. Jolene, okay. <laughs> what would be yours? Well, I have a few, a couple of them. I haven't done it in a while. Carly, Ooh. Simon, of course. You're so vain. <laughs> yeah. I bet you think this song is about you. <laughs> <laughs> I think we Don't have to stop. We, we, I think we, we have to worry a little bit about copyright stuff. That was fair, that was fair use, okay? <laughs> uh, Carrie, cut out. So, 
By the way, for for our listeners who are probably mostly in North America, the way they mm. do karaoke or karaoke here in Japan is instead of being sometimes they have it in front of everybody at a bar, but they also have you get your own booth, and so you can go in with your friends, you get your own room, and just sing with your friends. With or you. with your kids in the middle of the day because there's a free drink included and their rates are much lower and you can have your kids scream as loud as they want and it's totally okay. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> no, it's a good one. During the day, it's a good one. Except, uh, so if you're, you're sneaking out of work, go do karaoke. <laughs> okay. So, oh, wow. You, you, threw, you, you said so many things there. Um, I, have, I have next to my desk a picture that I found online, and I, I've been actually trying to search for the original, and I haven't been able to find it. It's only a, you know, a small uh, pixelized copy, but it shows Buddha at the time of enlightenment, and in the center of it, he's sitting, uh, of course, he's sitting on a, uh, underneath the tree, and there's a circle around him, and inside the circle is beautiful light. It's a beautiful, there's flowers, and the tree is all, all light and beautiful. And then outside of this circle are the demon. it's dark. And mm. those are the demons that were tempting him just before, uh, just before he became enlightened. Uh, the story is actually quite similar, it's some, very similar to a certain Christian story where, where, where Jesus was tempted out in the desert. But nonetheless, when I look at this, this reminds me that, the, that beauty, we create mm. in our lives from inside of us. And in, in, in the way this picture, for me, of course, we can't show the picture on the radio, um, <laughs> but that, 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 that and, there, and that there's like a shield around it and that this beauty comes from our inside. Could, because of the world can be a, a hard, difficult place. Um, and, and it is easy for us to lose that light, like you were talking about those people who, uh, you talked about in Bali at the, that retreat where everybody was very light and they had that strong light in their eyes. Um, it's easy for that light to get snuffed out or to become mm. dim uh, because of whatever in our life, because of the difficult things we had to do, because of the grind, because of the... Because, I mean, like in Tokyo, if you haven't been to Tokyo, it's sometimes the amount of humanity moving in front of you at once can be just unbelievable, right? Mm-hmm. And I see it's it. true. And and I also see how a lot of people are just like they seem well not altogether that happy going rushing into their job into the giant office building. Um, mm-hmm. uh, I don't know. I, it's always that always amazes me. I mean, we get that here in in Kyoto much more in Osaka, which is near us. But I'm always I sit in Umeda in Osaka sometimes and just watch this. For one, it's like, where did all these people come from? Because mm. it's like 100,000 people moving in front of you, changing well, trees. I mean, and that, that 30, yeah. 33 million in greater Tokyo. But yeah. yet you never feel so overwhelmed. I don't know. I, I think it's just the, the way Japanese are so respectful of spaces. Sure. And sure. I don't know. I just There's a beauty in the movements. Like It feels like there's highways, you know, little ants. Um, and every, you know, no one bumps into each other. There's no bad mood. There's no, I don't know. I feel like they're very respectful of spaces. Sure, um, of I mean, and, Tokyo would be unlivable if they weren't. <laughs> <laughs> totally. But, uh, but to go back to the, <clears throat> what you were saying, like, you know, it can, it can be dark around. And, um, and someone was talking about the analogy of like, if you're in a pitch dark room, mm-hmm. 
and you see one little light, you'll notice it immediately. Yes. But if you're in a in a in a sunny day, the dark bits will be shaded out. If you know what I mean, like you won't mm -hmm. notice them as much. Mm -hmm. Like there, you won't be called to look at the sh the part in the dark. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of like same as like if you were to be in the Buddha bubble, or if you are to like train yourself to to. Um, oh, I like that you have an image. We should talk about vision boarding too, because that's another thing that I use on my retreats to get people back on track with what they like and what they don't like. Because when you're in a stuck in a rut, you're like, I don't really know anymore. Um, no, I, I trust me, I got you there. <laughs> and so vision boarding, which we'll talk about after. But so same thing in life. It's just like when you're stuck in the in the dark of it, in the thick of it. You know, it just takes one light. It just takes one person in that crowd to smile at you. Uh, or just to connect with, and you're like, ah, oh, okay, yep. Mm -hmm. it, and it doesn't matter how many gloomy faces you see or how many people looking down. Um, it just takes one, you know, one ray in the darkness to light you up. Mm -hmm. and, and, and once you're in that space, it doesn't matter if you see those gloomy souls or if you see, you know, if you meet those negative you know, energy-draining circumstances or situations or people, um, you'll still be in that quote-unquote, bubble. Mm. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. I'll get to the vision boarding in just a sec, mm -hmm. um, because I'm interested in it, because you reminded me of another thing. I think another way that we can help brighten ourselves, and mm -hmm. um, I'm going to, one of my goals is to, to, to talk and, and write about this a little bit more, but um, it's very simply being good, and doing good and being kind. Um, and I don't mean this now. I think some, some people might, it can, this gets to be like we're going to talk about morality and ethics. And mm -mm. Uh, I don't necessarily mean that. It's just like we have a choice in everything. And, and when we're laying on our deathbed, um, what are we going to remember is, is, is that it, the, the being, it's, we live in a time now where people, a lot of times, there's a lot of, like if you try to click on anything about politics or whatever, it's just like, oh, my gosh. People are screaming and yelling at each other. Um, but I, I've, through most of my life, when I've, uh, my travels, most people I come across, most people around the world are basically good folks. We all have our issues. We all have our things. But that if we, we spend a little bit of time, just a little bit of awareness when we're out in the world to be, for example, kind to each other. That is one mm -hmm. of the things I did learn in Japan very much is people, the manners, the good manners here are actually very important. Because it does, I mean, people in the Japanese manners are basically, we, I go out of my way not to bother you, and you go mm -hmm. out of your way not to bother me. Well, if we're not bothering each other, we have the wah, we have that harmony. Um, mm. But to, to just take, take that little bit of, you know, um, being mindful of the other person, and, and, and as opposed to screaming at that person who cut you off in traffic. Mm-hmm. And I wonder, and I had a talk with someone the other day actually about this, and I'm wondering, um, and this is where Maslow's law, I guess, was defunct at some point because they're like, it's great for self-awareness and for self-fulfillment, um, but it's not, it doesn't encompass the community at large or it doesn't encompass the people, you know, yeah. You mean you're talking about Maslow's hierarchy of needs? Yes, hier hierarchy of needs, exactly. Whereas what you're talking about is like the, the community, because loving kindness, being compassionate, of course, you started with yourself, but the hard part is applying it when sure. living with others, sure. especially the very close people to us. Mm -hmm. And um, and what I've noticed is 
I don't know if it's because the living spaces are so much smaller in Japan that you, you know, our neighbors are right there. And, Mm -hmm. you know, you don't have that freedom of like the garden or like, I think when people, or I don't know, I have this preconception that could be completely wrong, but it's just like, especially when people get more money and become more isolated and become, you know, they kind of go into their, their own little ivory tower. I think that's when things get a little bit like you just kind of lose, you know, the people, the, 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 the close corners of living with others and having to constantly interact with that loving kindness, compassionate, um, towards the others. Especially when uh, people around you may or may may not be having that same attitude. <laughs> correct, yeah. correct, and it becomes and it becomes um, what is it? Addic- uh, infectious? What is it when you? Yeah, you you kind of have. I, I've seen so many foreigners come to Japan, and re, you know, even the toughest of toughest, they come here and they just soften, um, and and they're more polite or they're very conscientious of 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 the manners of the Japanese because. You know, we do adapt. We are social beings who who realize we we need others to survive, mm-hmm. um, and, not and, to survive and so to thrive, yes. to thrive, absolutely. So it is contagious. That's the word I was after. The, um, no, go ahead. I'm sorry. Yeah, that's it. Oh go no, I mean, because oh, I mean, the sense of community is also really important, and I think that's something that we're lot we we in our modern world where we're you know our, our noses in our in our, our phones and and oh. we. Now, there's a wonderful part about the Internet. For example, I get to communicate with you. I get to meet you. Of course. But, I mean, the other part of it is that there is there is this tendency towards social isolation, and there is this uh, tendency towards the bubble where we only hang out with like-minded people. I personally think more not like-minded people need to hang out with each other just to realize that, okay, we may not agree with each other, but, you know, mm-hmm. you have your – you're okay, and just because you look – different or have some different ideas than I do, you're an all right person. That's okay mm-hmm. be, to be tolerant. We, just as a, uh, I'm just uh, giving you a warning, we have about 15 minutes left. Okay. Um, um, so tell me a little bit about vision boarding. Right. So um, What's that? <laughs> Is that when you go to the eye doctor, that thing you're looking at? That... <laughs> no, another thing would to uh I guess for people who've done marketing would be another word for it is mood boarding. So it's just um just the way let's say brands would when they're creating a, a collection for two years from now, they'll go somewhere and get inspiration and they'll put a board together saying these are gonna be the trends. Uh we see these colors coming through these textiles and blah 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 and they'll they'll or you know, an an ad company who's who's launching a product like they're just they'll put a, a vision board or a mood board together as to like, this is what it should feel like. This is what it should look like. And so with life coach, um, in life coaching, we, we apply that method towards your life. And so it's, um, it's very simple. I'm actually going to be teaching it in new teaching it quote unquote. There's no teaching. Um, I'm going to be sharing this method with, um, in New Zealand at this uh, yoga festival on Saturday and it's the first time I'm doing it at a festival setting, so we'll see how it goes. It, complete, it could be a complete, um, oops, shit show. I can't say shit. Sorry. It could be a really interesting show. Um, bleep okay. that part. Sorry, okay. right down those seconds. Um, yes, I did. And <laughs> go yeah. in there. No. All right. We'll see how it goes. But no, so the, the, the idea behind it is just, just feelers, you know, just sending out your, your, like an octopus has feelers. Just see what images 
appeal to you? Like for you, the, the picture of the Buddha would be a perfect example. Um, what images do you gravitate towards to? Which ones spark joy? Um, and, in, and sometimes you don't even know. Sometimes it could be, it could be weird. And, I've, and I've, I mean, I've been doing vision boards now for, for maybe five years, and I've done them with all sorts of clients. And it's just um, usually what is placed in the middle is things that you really want to manifest soon. And, and just putting them on, on a board things start happening much faster than you intended. And I remember telling this girl at the end of the of, of making the vision board, because I usually don't talk much or say much, and she's like, I wish you'd told me before. I wouldn't have put, like, what was it, like uh, strawberry ice cream in the middle of my <laughs> She's like, I would have put something much bigger. I would have put diamonds or something. Um, it's so interesting. But physically, like, cut and paste? So you physically make a collage. So you cut and paste. It could be images printed off of Pinterest. It could be magazines. I usually use magazines. Um, it could be someone else you envy on Facebook. It could be anything at all. Um, and just, or nature, it could be, um, I've had people ripping it. I've had people who are very abstract. It's just textures and colors. Others, um, this one woman, she just put, oh, my God, uh, oh what was it? She put the uh, Dyson vacuum cleaner. She was like, she was working for like a bank and she was so bored with her life and she wanted to be domesticated. So that was hers. Um, there's been all sorts of things. And um, and the best part is making it, and the people feel, and it's something that you can put anywhere in your house, and it can be that altar that you, your eyes just rest on every day, and just seeing it just gives you, you know, just first things of, of hope. Like you know, for you, that picture said it reminded you that, you know, the beauty of the beauty we create, and just seeing it daily, I bet you, is just going to remind you to create more beauty in your life, and. Um, and sometimes, you know, for example, I've put like, oh, I'd like this vacation in, in, in the Caribbean or something. And, and it was so, it felt so beautiful and wonderful to create the board and to envision myself. And of course, when I got there, my kids were sick and there were mosquitoes and there was this and the other. Like the reality of it wasn't as, as, as gratifying as making the, the, the vision. So it's just in, just the power of vision is, is, is extremely powerful. <laughs> I can also see how if you're if you're if you're, if you're putting your goals, for example, in this vision on this vision board, and you put it in your environment, that also reminds you this is where you want to go, and then you're going to Correct. input energy and take actions to help you get to that point. Correct. But 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 having the vision board helps. I I can imagine would be something that would help you just maybe clarify what it is that really you want to have. That's interesting. Um, I'm going to shift just another, we have a, about a few more, about eight more minutes. Um, and we came to that, we might change our title of our show, but we got <laughs> spirituality bunch of BS. And we talked about, when we first were chatting, that, that we talked about dogma. Yeah, dogma mm -hmm. ran into my comma. Um, <laughs> so is there sometimes, sometimes I, in the whole so-called spirituality world, did you ever see the guy? He's the guy's got the YouTube. He uh, makes fun. Yeah, orange hair. Yeah, he's got the orange hair and he always has the purple yep. t-shirt. He's like, I'm yep. uber spiritual. Yep, yep, yep. Totally. Yeah, you I love like him. him. Well, I mean, he he yes, he's got some he's got some truths in there. But of course, sarcasm. It's easier. It's much easier to do sarcasm than it is to actually come up with something positive. That's perfect. Positive. True. That's no, I I got you there. But you gotta, yeah, you gotta take what he's. I mean, he's he he he's got tongue-in-cheek things that are spot on. <laughs> well, I also find out that, too that sometimes um, spirituality isn't particularly lifestyle. You might change your lifestyle because you become more attached to 
something inside of you that, that motivates you to change the way that you live, but it isn't particularly uh, uh, being connected. So you can be, for example, you can be very, uh, you can be a very spiritual person if you're a, a Christian or a Muslim or or within an organized religion or not. You, you don't have to. Uh, you don't have to have a soy latte, or you don't have to eat in a specific way. Um, what are your feelings about that, or, or is there some oh, kind of frustrations, or? Go ahead. Well, what I yeah, I think it's just finding, you know, what what makes your quote unquote soul sing, and it's just singing to your own tune. And what and this is where being authentic and and unique and original, um, respecting your own your own tune and so um and i think it comes from shamanism correct me where i'm wrong but they from what i've understood is or have you the the term your original medicine which i think boy scouts my dad was a big boy scout so i think and what he was saying resonated i think they got it from the shamanic um tradition but you're given your quote-unquote name i think when you're five six or seven when you start showing traits of character um and and that name, it you know, it's not something you're given at birth like Paul or Carmel. It's just it's a name that that you so yeah you show these personality traits at a certain age and you'll believe it or not you'll still um, show them the day before you pass away. So it's just these your essence and you know that spirit that soul that um, that will be the same. One of the tools we use with life coaching is like, what did you love to do as a child? And I bet you the, the people who love singing, writing, drawing, uh, whatever it was, they will still love doing it a week before they pass away. So it's just those things that carry on. And there, there's no sarcasm. There's no making fun. There's no dogma. There's no, sure. if it's what is your tune. Um, and it's just, you know, figuring out what it, what it is. I think we need to change our title to singing your own tune. <laughs> that's a little bit more appropriate. What do you think? So, sure. Sure. Um, uh, you know what? I found a thing, and I'm looking in my phone to see if I can find it. Um, there was, I found something that I wrote in the second grade about things that we love. And, mm-hmm. and it was really funny because it's pretty much, <laughs> it's like pretty much exactly the same thing now. Uh, I, I'll, I'll see if I can find it while I'm talking. Um <laughs> These were things you loved doing in second grade? In second grade. And I found it at my, which is like this, you know, this, it was something my mom had saved for me. Um, <laughs> and it, 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 it's, it's brilliant. Let me see if I can got it, if I found it in a, oh no, it's not going to be so easy to find, but let me, poke, da, 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 silent. Put it on a vision board. <laughs> Put it on a vision board. That's right. Um, so, Carmela. Mm-hmm. Um, how can people contact you, for example? Via my website. And, and could you say what that website is? It's my name. So Carmela Fleury, F-L-E-U-R-Y, F mm-hmm. as in France. Could you so say, C- that, say that again? Yes. <laughs> Carmela, Carmela is C-A-R-M-E-L-A, Fleury, one word, F-L-E-U-R-Y dot com. Okay. And great. And are you available on any other of these social media things? Yes. So I have a vision boarding account where I just post my personal vision boards weekly, um, and that's Carmela underscore Flurry. 
And then um, also via Facebook, my my name. <laughs> okay, good. Hey, I found it. Can I can I read it to you? Of it course. Says, it says happiness. Uh, happiness is going into a different state, as in United States states, <laughs> or a state of being. We didn't. It's actually not that clear. But happiness is Christmas vacation. Happiness uh, is getting a new bike. Happiness is getting a very good on a test. Happiness <laughs> is the last day of school. <laughs> happiness is getting a $5 bill. Uh, <laughs> happiness is having a birthday. Happiness is rockets for the 4th of July. And happiness is going swimming. Oh, this is gorgeous. And I love going swimming. This is one of the things that just makes me really happy. Is all, is all summer I've been trying to go to this uh, a le- big lake near uh, Kyoto City where I like to go swimming. And I pretty much uh, get around everywhere on a bicycle now. I have a big mountain. Wow. Ride. So, Wait, yeah. but second grade. So you were five, seven, six. Seven or eight. Seven, yeah, which seven. is exactly right. But I bet you you still like, I mean, the Rockets, the Xmas, those are just celebrations. You just need to celebrate life more. Uh, travel, traveling, uh, traveling. Yes, I biking, love traveling. swimming, um, birthdays. A $5 which, bill. Fi- so get making money some one way or another. Last day of school. So I don't know if that would be like the last part of life is going to be the sweetest. Um, who knows? Many uh, ways of interpreting I did, this. I didn't like being in the school. I like to be out and about. <laughs> which oh, I think okay. you still are, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. very much the case. Um, okay, Carmela. So let, we're going to change ours to not a spirituality bunch of BS, uh, <laughs> but we had, we had to start with something, and so I'll be talking <laughs> to the producers and sending a different promo thing. Um, so singing your own tune, everybody, and also um, take three deep breaths. Mm. <sighs> Let it all. Out. Okay. Um, so Carmela, thank you very much for taking the time to talk with me. Um, I, it's it's been great. Um, if you want to say something right now, we have about... Thank you. This was, this was wonderful. Okay, great. Thank you very much. Um, so my name is Paul Krauss, and you can find me, uh, on Facebook at, uh, Paul Krauss. There's uh, quite a few Paul Krauss's. I'm not the guy with the fraud conviction in Florida. Um, <laughs> and I don't sell used cars in Lancaster County, Pennsylvania, which is interesting because <laughs> that's where the, the, the Lancaster County is where all the Amish folk live, so... Oh, wow. The used car dealership. Uh, <laughs> when you Google your um, You can find me at paulkraus.com, C-R-O-U-S-E. And uh, thank you very much. And make sure to stick around to listen to Julie Hedges' Tarot Journey Show, which will be on right after us. So um, what's your favorite Japanese word, Carmela? Satori. Satori. And what is that? Enlightenment. Enlightenment. Okay. All right. Well, uh, okay, we've got a couple more seconds. So, anybody, thank you very much, Carmela, and uh, thanks, everybody, for listening. Uh, I appreciate it. Take care. Thank you. Bye-bye. We hope you've enjoyed this edition of the Paul Krause Show on the Star Nations Radio Network. Welcome to The Tarot Journey with Julie Hedges.
on the Star Nations Radio Network. Good evening and welcome everyone to the Tarot Journey. I am your host, Julie Hedges. It's always a very uplifting time that we have together. I I love being with all of you on our Monday evenings on Star Nations Radio Network. And we have Denise over in the Facebook chat and Neshi producing our show tonight. Thank you very much. Hi, Rob. Denise. Hi, Paul. Thank you for a great show, Paul, with uh, Carmela Fleury. Lots of good things. I learned some things this evening about how breathing um, really connects you to the physical body. Thanks for that reminder. There's Aloha J in the um, blog talk chat, and Mary Ellen is there, and a guest. Hi, guest. Thanks for being with us tonight. And I'm told there are lots of callers on the phone lines this evening. Thank you for tuning in, even if you're not able to um, get into one of the chat rooms. We thank you for for logging in. And those, of course, who tune in to the archives because your your schedule demands your attention in other ways and other commitments at the time of a live broadcast, thank you for, for tuning in. Um, you are still lending your energy to us, even if you are not um, live with us this evening. So thank you for listening to the archives. Remember that we will be migrating over to Be Live TV, broadcasting the Tarot Journey next month. So be sure to keep your eyes on Facebook for Tarot Journey updates. I'm looking forward to seeing all of you on Be Live TV. This is going to be quite a change for me, honestly, to live stream a whole show on my own. Um, I've really enjoyed the Be Live interviews with Neshi that I've done. Uh, to talk about my book, The Tarot Journey, Volume 1, and also my Star Nations Magazine Tarot Journey column. So we've had a couple good talks about that. But this is a brand new format for me. You'll be able to watch The Tarot Journey live on the third Monday of each month at 9 Eastern, 8 Central. And that's beginning next month in October. I want to give a big shout out and thank you to the New Harmony Business Associates for a wonderful fall festival called the Kunstfest this past weekend. I got to see some longtime friends and meet some wonderful new friends at the Tarot Journey booth this year. Kunst means art in German, and Southern Indiana has a very rich German heritage. Um, lots of German Catholic, German Lutheran, rich heritage there. Lots of German food and uh, German words. So uh, the German community, along with uh, all of the rest of us, came together for art and music and food and crafts and other outdoor activities. So lots of artisans. And this was a, it's 35 years. 35-year annual event at the Kuntz Fest. And so uh, this year I was uh, able to be a part of it. So it was really, really neat. I met Lori there who said that she saw my post um, 
on the Koontz Fest event page and said she had to come see what the tarot journey was about. So that was really neat to get to meet her and Connie and Patty. Oh, you two warmed my heart. Your reclaimed art and jewelry pieces are just fantastic. And I look forward to seeing both of you in the very near future. Uh, It was such synchronicity how we became acquainted with each other's work. And Patty, I can't wait to taste your great breads. So, and I love the new earrings that I got from both of you. So thank you. New friends are a wonderful treasure. Um, Rob's asking, did you save me some spatial? No, no. Um, there was a lot of a carnival type food. So I had me a pronto pup and, uh, Jaeger schnitzel. no, but you can find that in, in Evansville, of course. We have the Gerst House in Evansville, which is a, a German restaurant and lots of good stuff there. So you all have to come down to Evansville, Indiana. Come see me and uh, get some good German food down here. Oh, so the tarot journey on Be Live is happening in October. October is lining up to be a very busy month, so much to get ready for. And in other news, um, I want to let my Michigan friends know to mark your calendars for Friday, October 20th at 7.30 p.m. I will be live with Rob Candle at um, the Raven Cafe in Port Huron for a night of music, inspiration, poetry, and fun. We had such a good time and a very warm welcome from the Raven when we performed together in August and we got to see Dana and Lily and Todd and uh, Denise came up too. So had a nice little uh, friendly, fun audience who were cheering us on. Really enjoyed that. So we had a good time. Um, Very warm welcome. And I appreciated that and love the town. Port Huron is just absolutely beautiful. So we have decided to um, work on some new things. So we're adding some new material, new songs to our set, some duets. So um, come on down. Rob has been working on some amazing solo pieces. I just can't say enough how talented he is. The more that we've been working together, and I know that he posts things on Facebook, some of the music he's working on, but... Um, whatever genre and style, song or instrument that, that you can imagine, he can do it. He can arrange it. So, and do it well. So we, he's got guitar, mandolin, banjo, bass, keyboards. He can do it all. He is a real craftsman with his music and a very talented songwriter. And you can mark your calendars for um, Thursday, September 28th at the Raven Cafe. Rob will be solo working on his material, and also doing some covers. So come on out to the east side, to beautiful Port Huron at the Raven Cafe. See Rob on September 28th. I think that starts about 7.30 p.m. And join Rob and I and be immersed in soulful sounds on Friday, October 20th at 7.30 p.m. Have a drink. Here's some tunes. Sing along and even dance if you'd like. So it will be 
a well-rounded evening of good entertainment. And keep watching updates on Facebook. And I'm really looking forward to this. Really looking forward to this. Also uh, debuting in October is my brand new Star Nations magazine column called The Tarot Journey to the Stars. The elves at Elf Elm are working on a brand new magazine banner logo for my new column. I'm, I'm really excited. So my work with the tarot on the tarot journey is very important to me. I love to talk about it. I love to teach it. I love to write about it. But the tarot is just one piece of the sacred work that I do. Many of you know that I speak the language of the stars through astrology. I'm an evolutionary astrologer using the Western tropical system. So what that means is um, I look at how the stars at the moment of our birth, you know, they're shining up there that, and the pattern that they create is, is a blueprint for the life that we get to live here. And so how we live in that blueprint or live in our house, meaning our bodies on earth here, we have that free will. But evolutionary astrology says that the way the planets and the stars are moving up there is very much how we are moving in and around and relating to one another and our situations and growing down here. So it's all about empowering us to... Um, make important decisions to help us have more fulfilling relationships to really live our soul's purpose so that's the point of evolutionary astrology and how I use astrology in my work so I see the stars as brothers and sisters and I understand that it is the art and science of the law of correspondence and we understand that as the hermetic principle, as above, so below, as within, so without. And so the stars live within us. Thank you, Neshi, for posting that into the Facebook chat. The Tarot Journey to the Stars is, is the new column header, and I do evolutionary astrology. So in October, you'll begin to see my articles incorporate star wisdom from the language of astrology right along with the ancient wisdom of Tarot. So I'm going to blend and merge the two together because that's how I work with it in my sacred work that I do. Um, so the tarot journey is still going to be here. It's just going to be broader, deeper, more expansive because I'm going to add to. So if you're really loving the tarot journey, don't worry. It'll still be here. I'm just doing more with it. I'm just adding to. Um, I'm merging these two disciplines together, and I'm still going to keep these teachings relevant to our modern lives. We are always able to relate the tarot and astrology to where we are right here in this time and space on, on Earth by drawing from those disciplines that have been enduring ever since, ever since humans arrived here. And it's always relevant to where we are right now. 
Um, astrology has always been a passion of mine. In truth, astrology was my first metaphysical language, even before I fell in love with the tarot. So my journey to the stars and with the stars began before my own tarot journey. So it's nice to be kind of coming home, blending it all together. Beautiful tarot astrology milkshake. (laughs) So it's where I am um, most comfortable. Yeah. So I'm going to start including star wisdom with the ancient teachings of Tarot. Oh, tonight, tonight we're talking about a very timely topic. We're going to be exploring something very, very relevant. And the inspiration for this topic came from Grandmother Earth herself, Mother Earth. We're going to talk tonight about the power of Earth. And we're seeing the power of our Earth right now in weather patterns, winds, water, fire, and earthquakes. Some are saying that these events are tracks or trials or tribulation because of human arrogance or willful ignorance and abuses of, of the land. Others say that it's just part of nature to to burn and blow things away and to drown and flow things in a cycle of self-cleansing. We're going to talk about that tonight. What does the, the tarot say about that? Can we learn from the stars about all that? a big subject tonight that that my goal is just to introduce it really um, by no means we're not going to be able to wrap this up like a law and order episode where we have the verdict come down and justice um, for all right this is something that I want to introduce a dialogue we can have and to leave the questions open so I want to set that up at the beginning that that I'm opening this up not to not to try to define something or put a stamp on something, but for you to take it with you and continue your own contemplation with it. Thanks, Neshi. Yeah, Law and Order episode. That's just what came to mind here. It's like, no, don't. This is too big to wrap up, especially in an hour that we have together this evening. So I'm going to introduce the questions now. And um, as we weave this web that we are weaving tonight together, we're going to talk about what power does Mother Earth have? What power do we have with her or because of her? or in spite of her. Hmm. The tarot say about the power of the earth. That's one we're really going to get into. And how can we how can we harness this power for the good 
of all beings and how do we bless and appreciate this earth power. So I'm ready to really be immersed with all of you tonight in our discussion of earth connection and, and sharing the power that she wields. So I'm, I'm looking for your for your comments in the chat room, and I'm going to be flipping back and forth to the blog talk chat room, through the Facebook chat room, um, to really get this discussion lively and, again, get it going. And I'm sorry I can't get into the blog talk chat room, but I am able to see um, your, your post in there. And there's Holly and Nikki. Thank you for joining us tonight over there in the blog talk chat room. As we now step into the realm of the sacred, we want to place ourselves within the tarot. The tarot is the book of life. We're going to go ahead and step into that book of life as it is fused within our everyday lives and open the sacred space to be immersed in our full senses awakening our sixth senses within our amazing bodies. I really appreciated how Paul and Carmela talked the last show about the physical, the physical part of us and how amazing we are. Tonight we're talking about the power of the earth and so we are grounding ourselves within terra firma as our physical body and pulling that cloak of our earthly aliveness, pulling that around us like a big blanket. So I'll ask you to take a couple of deep cleansing breaths, feeling that breath coming right from the center of Grandmother Earth and feeling the earth breathing as you are breathing. A deep, verdant, mossy, strong, towering, full. Feel it coming through the bottoms of your feet, to your knees, your hips, over your belly, rolling through your heart and wrapping around your shoulders and to your third eye and filling your crown and exhale through the top of your head. And another deep cleansing breath from the center of Grandmother Earth up your body, flowing through your spine, all of your organs, and igniting the synapses in your brain, exhaling through your crown. And once more. Standing firmly rooted onto the earth, seeing her magic and majesty everywhere in the mountains and seashores, plains, the riverbeds, the deserts, the icy mountain creeks, the canyons, the rolling bluegrass hills and the dusty playas. Take your attention now, you would, to a place on earth that, is, that has special meaning for you. Is very special and meaningful. Taking a breath and 
doing right there, somewhere in the world where your heart speaks the language of earth. Go there and pray with me. I give thanks for the lands of the east, those receiving the first rays of dawn and the morning dew, calling upon this land for the sprouting of new ideas, dreams, and visions. Thanks for the lands of the south, sustaining the full light of day in the red rocks, desert sands, and rainforests. Calling upon this land is teeming with inspiration, passion, and mastery. I give thanks for the lands of the west, those releasing from its grasp the twilight purple slope and low-slung, droopy horizons going to sleep, calling upon this land to cradle us in reflection, meditation, healing, and transformation. I give thanks for the lands of the north, those wintry, crisp, high altitudes and snow-glazed tundras, calling upon this land to hold us in still, silent prayer where the stars speak in light to help us rest and renew. I give thanks for Grandmother Earth, the bounteous beauty, the empress, goddess of all green growing things. She who nurtures and supports us, her children. I thank her that she pardons our forgetfulness when we need to be reminded that each footstep is a kiss and that she readily forgives when we humbly remember how we come through her and from her. May we believe with each step that we belong to the good earth. I give thanks for Grandfather Sun and Grandmother Moon, luminaries of love, the grateful stars which inspire our dreams. I give thanks for the morning star Venus awaking us to love, self-value, and appreciation for all that is. And calling upon the heavens to overlight us. I give thanks for the angels, ancestors, and allies of love and light, those who walk with us on our earth journey for being with us as we walk our way within the world. And so it is. And so it is. Hi, Holly. Waving at you there in the blog talk chat room. Thanks for tuning in tonight. The earth is speaking to us. Can you hear her? What has she been saying? Is she speaking to your heart directly? Is she shouting from all corners of space? Are we listening? Are we understanding her? I do believe the earth is speaking to us. And 
she's speaking to us in big ways. <laughs> I believe the earth is speaking to us in forest fires. According to the National Interagency Fire Center website, 17,000 firefighters are assigned to wildfires across the country, not including Canada, which as of August had over 4,000 firefighters battling 500 large-scale fires across over 1 million acres. That's just Canada. In the United States, we have fires in California, Idaho, Montana, Oregon, South Dakota, and Washington. Current sites as of this month with 1.6 million acres burning. What do these forest fires say? Well, I think, yes, Dana, she's saying in the Facebook chat, those numbers are staggering, yes. I almost couldn't believe it when I looked it up this afternoon. All of that. What do those forest fires say to us? I think they're asking us, how do we take care of our space and our possessions? How responsible are we? How do we discern what we need or don't need? And if we decide we don't need something, how do we dispose of it? That's what I think these fires are asking us, these fires are saying to us. I read a disturbing story about the fires in Oregon. It was reported that there's a teenager suspected of of starting one of those um, by lobbing a smoke bomb into the valley, you know, a bunch of teenagers. And one of the witnesses asked him, do you realize you just started a forest fire? And according to the story, he shrugged and said, what am I supposed to do about now? Hmm. I hope that's not true. That was on CNN that I found that story. Well, this is a shared space. The earth is a shared space. We're all in this together. We're all on the mothership grandmother earth together the lands the forests the seas the mountains the dusty playa we're all in this together what is my responsibility to this to this shared space in in the case of this particular story it was the eagle creek trail in oregon That fire merged with another fire, burning over 31,000 acres and causing hundreds of evacuations. So what was that teen's responsibility? And now what is his karma associated with that fire? That's kind of hard to think of. And yet here I am sitting in... Southern Indiana, where I'm broadcasting the tarot journey tonight, where I live and work and run around and play with my niece and nephews. What is my responsibility to the land and forest here in the Midwest? What is my responsibility to what's happening out there? That's a good question. 
we can look at it through through the tarot. The tarot, as I talked about in the Tarot Journey Empowerment Workshop that I was just able to do in Star Nation um, Academy East. Thank you, Denise, for hosting me up there. We had a wonderful discussion and a wonderful class. The tarot is the book of life. So all parts of life are within the tarot. And in the tarot, it is the suit of pentacles or coins or stones. Um, It would be the diamonds in our traditional deck. Excuse me. In the tarot, the suit of pentacles holds earth wisdom. And some things, some attributes associated with earth wisdom would be responsibility and work, investing, dividends, health, abundance, prosperity, integrity, stability, rootedness, strength, a stronghold, foundation, wisdom, wealth, sharing, planting, harvesting. Those are associated with earth wisdom. And Rob is sharing in the chat room a negative attribute of earth when it's imbalanced is unadulterated greed. So I think he's bringing up a good point about those forest fires are showing us unadulterated greed. But if the story is true, lobbing a smoke bomb because I want to lob a smoke bomb into a dry forest canyon is unadulterated greed. Hmm. When I think about the earth speaking in forest fires, I think of the four of pentacles. So you might want to find that card in your deck. Or uh, if you're sitting there online, look that up real quick on uh, on your computer and pull up that image. You might want to take a look at that. The four of pentacles, the four of coins, the four of stones. It shows a man who is uh, who has a pentacle on his head. Looks like a big coin. He's clutching one so close to his chest, hugging it tight, and two more coins under his feet and he looks like he's just sitting there with his head crouched down and he's keeping his coins very, very close. He is the the miser, the lover of material wealth who hoards, who doesn't share. This is the pursuit of unadulterated greed. Hmm. He doesn't look around to see if there's anyone else who need who has a need. Not about sharing, doesn't bother about anyone but himself. Himself. Mine, 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 all mine. When you look at that image, you really see that. Mine, mine, all mine. He's got pentacles under both feet and one clutching tight and one he's wearing on the top of his head like a crown. Show me the money. <laughs> yeah. That's 
what I think about the story of, of the teens who lobbed the smoke bomb into the dry Oregon Canyon, the, the, the greed of it's my way, it's my intention, it's my ambition, it's, it's all about me, me, me. And as long as it suits me, I'm going to get what I want no matter what. Consequences, schmonsequences, as long as I'm rich. <laughs> yeah, Rob, thanks. Just like that. That's the four of pentacles. Without a thought for anyone or anything else. This card to me in the tarot is about willful ignorance. And I say there are no bad cards in the tarot, and I mean that. It's true, there are no bad cards in the tarot, but there are lessons that we can learn and archetypes that show us, hmm, maybe that's the, not the most beneficial attribute or the most empowering way to be or the most loving way to be. And I think this is one of those cards that shows us this might not be the most beneficial or loving way to be. to have that greed and willful ignorance. Just the notion of getting more and more and more. So that's what I think of when I see the four of pentacles. And how do we how do we reframe that? How can we use the power of that for the good of earth, for the good of earth wisdom? Well, when we look at the two pentacles under his feet, we can think about that as walking your talk, putting your money where your mouth is, meaning... Do what you say you're going to do. Be integrous. Put a little elbow grease in there. Put a little action in your investment. Sharing. Understanding. Looking out from your place a little bit more. Instead of sitting there all hunched over, thinking about me, me, me. What can I get out of this? Yeah, I think that's a way that you can turn this around. And I think that is the idea that these forest fires are are showing us through the earth speaking. I also know that forest fires are part of life. They're they're part of the natural world. They're part of the natural cycle the dry brittle grasses and and limbs and other debris are burned to ash and that ash then becomes a coating a fertilizer a richness that gets into the soil so that new life can blossom with new sprouts and new 
trees forming. So there is the sense of, of renewal. There is the renewal that comes after the fire. I do realize that. We live in a benevolent universe, I believe. That's the question that Albert Einstein says we must ask ourselves. Do we live in a benevolent or a harmful universe? And so even with that fire, that scorched earth, there is still new life, new life that can happen. How can we take care of our resources in the meantime and be responsible for that and to discern our resources The earth also speaks to us in storms, hurricanes of wind and water, crashing everything, making those stable brick homes and wooden structures into little cracker crumbs. I've seen some of the most unbelievable images coming from the storm-damaged places, and I'm sure you have too. These pictures have flashed for days across the TV and the Internet and and even on, on Facebook, I know they're horrifying. And, and in the interest of not putting any more energy into the devastation, I don't want to do that. That's not the point of this evening. We all know that has happened and what is happening. And I'm not dismissing it in any way. I'm sending prayers and I'm, I'm holding those affected, those lands and resources and the people who have been displaced. I'm holding them in love and praying with them, for them. So, but I'm not going to describe what I've seen in those, those damages. I don't think we need any more stirred up about that. Instead, I want to turn our attention to the response to these storms. What, what has that or those tragedies what has that sparked within us as humanity? What has that tragedy galvanized within us? The power of the earth in waves and tidal forces and stinging winds. I think I think they have driven the people together. Hmm. Nikki is saying in the blog talk chat, collectively with all that is going on with Mother Earth, it seems she's going through initiation. And what happens when you go through initiations, you come out stronger. Oh, because we are upon her skin, we are part of these initiations and seems as though we will come out stronger and learn from it all, I hope. Wow, that's beautiful, Nikki. Yes. Now she's saying, good point. Earth is vibrating at her highest in recorded history. Maybe she has already experienced the shift, the initiation, and now it's our turn to experience the physical actions of Earth as we move through that initiation. Beautiful both wonderful points. Thank you for both bringing those up. 
And how do we care for ourselves and care for each other and care for the earth as we are balancing through those initiations? What has that inspired within us and for us? A dear friend of mine has said all summer long that that she desperately wanted to see her grandchildren um, who live in the Clearwater area, but she wasn't able to make the trip down. She said it several times. And uh, she knew that they wouldn't be able to come up and see her over the summer as they had in the past. Yet during this very trying time, this difficult time with the storms and hurricanes, they were evacuated from Florida, her grandchildren were. They were evacuated from Florida to Tennessee. So in that tragedy and those difficult times, she was able to spend several days with her grandchildren last week. And so that, that makes me smile to get to say that. And I know it really warmed her heart to be able to to spend time with them and be uplifted and um, enjoy them. I also saw posts and pictures on Facebook, especially of good Samaritans and helpful citizens rescuing people, rescuing animals, dogs, cats, iguanas, and (laughs) everything, all through the neighborhoods that had become rivers instead of streets. And I was seeing the helpfulness and generosity of those who maybe had a boat or a raft to go rescuing people, rescuing animals, lots of animal rescues. That just really, really made me smile to get to see that. When I think about the earth speaking to us in storms and waves, such as these hurricane events, I think about the six of pentacles. So you can go ahead and pull that out of your tarot deck if you if you so choose. You see in the six of pentacles there, you have that pulled up. It's a man who is, is sharing his resources, particularly money, pentacles, to those who are in need. And gratitude and sharing in this card. So this card in the tarot is about sharing to someone's need from a place of responsibility and personal abundance. And it's important, the distinction is sharing to someone's need, not to someone's want or to someone's greed, but someone's real need. So I have a boat and can help rescue your stranded animal. Let me help your need so that you will be reunited with your little doggy or so that your doggy can find a new home if it was abandoned in the storm. There's a generosity in this card that is very personal, I think. There is the acknowledgement that one cannot gratify all the distressed pieces even with a certain commitment and and diligence, but with integrity. 
with determination. One can make a difference for another person. It's like the person who is on the shore throwing the starfish back into the ocean that have washed up after a, a storm. A passerby says, you can't possibly save them all. And that one says, well, I made a difference for that one. Hmm. The Six of Pentacles is about making a difference with what you have, with where you are right now. I was thinking about this today. A lighthouse doesn't run around the coast looking for ships to save. It just stands there being a light for the ships who need it. And I don't know where that's from. I know I didn't just dream that up, but I don't know the source of that quote. If anybody does know, please let me know. Send me a message or or type it in the chat. But I love that. A lighthouse doesn't run around the coast looking for ships to save. It just stands there being the light for the ships who need it. The Six of Pentacles doesn't go running around looking for people to help. It just offers help when help is needed. There's a poem that I love. It's called Famous by Naomi Shehab Nye. Famous. And I think this captures the integrity of generosity. It says, she writes, I want to be famous in the way a pulley is famous or a buttonhole. Not because it did anything spectacular, but because it never forgot what it could do. I want to never forget what I can do. I want to be willing to do what I can with what I have where I am right now. Oh, thank you, Ralph. Quote by Annie Lamott. I should have known. I love Annie Lamott's work. They're right there in the Facebook chat. Lighthouses don't go running around the coast looking for ships to save. They just stand there shining the light for the ships need it. Thank you. We have the power with Mother Earth to be responsible for how we facilitate our lives, for how we take on challenges to our lives and carry out our commitments. We are each like the Knight of Pentacles. I'm just going to say this briefly about the Knight of Pentacles. I like studying the knights of the tarot. They are the knights are the champions. They are the ones who take on the challenges with valor. In a kingdom, in a kingdom, it is the king who gives the knight his orders. Go here and fight for me here and go do this. Go on this quest. But the knight the knight pledges his fealty, pledges his loyalty to the queen. The knight is the protector of the queen. 
although he takes his orders from the king. He is the champion of the queen. The Knight of Pentacles is on the quest, taking with him the skills of wisdom, abundance, health, diligence, valor, studiousness, earnestness, and integrity. Now she's saying the coat of knights, the flowers of the king, Camelot. I love that. Do you ever ask yourself, how can I demonstrate my diligence today? Or my valor, or my earnestness, or my integrity? How can I demonstrate dependability? How is this one of my attributes and powers? Hmm. These are good questions that we can ask ourselves for the new moon in Virgo. I know we're coming down to the last few minutes of the show tonight, but I wanted to say a few words about the new moon in Virgo that's coming up on Wednesday, September 20th here, just a couple days, at 1.29 a.m. Eastern Time. This is a, a really powerful new moon that still rings with all of that Eclipse energy that we had last month. You remember that beautiful solar eclipse? The moon in Virgo is opposite the asteroid Chiron for this new moon. Chiron is the wounded healer. He calls up our wounds to be healed. So opposite the moon, it can be a deep soul wound that is calling for a clean sweep. This process of healing can be very daunting. There's no doubt about that. Still, we have the tools and the resources to help us. And we especially have spiritual tools and spiritual gifts and our spiritual friends. And so, quoting one of my favorite sources, Astrology King. He's one of my go-to. So that's astrologyking.com. Um, I really like his work. New Moon, September 2017, may bring unexpected change to your life that makes you more aware of your deepest wound. In order to reach your long-term goals, you will need to face the source of your pain. So be on the lookout for that. Or be aware of that. That's not a prescription, okay? It's not a prescription. It's just a, an awareness of. And I'm going to also say that this new moon may bring up unexpected spiritual gifts to help support you as you are yielding to that wound so that it can morph into something fresh and it can grow new life. Right, If you've been holding on to a pain or if it has been buried for so long that it finally bursts open like a, like a scab, yield to that wound so that it can morph into something new. You ask your heart why it is always hurting. It says, this is the only thing you will allow me to say to you. 
the only feeling you are willing to feel. That's from Naraya Wahid in her publication, Salt. Grieve so that you can be free to feel something else. Naraya Wahid. Let that wound wope let that wound wake up so that you can be free to feel something else. That's what this new moon might be calling up for you. So in our last few minutes here, we'll open up the chat rooms and phone lines for anyone who would like a mini empowerment tarot reading this evening. If you have a particular question, you can type it in the chat room or you can call in 646-478-4543 and press 1 and Neshi will get you on the phone line. Um, so anyone who has a question or who would like just an, an empowerment message from the tarot, I can draw a card for you this evening. And while, while you are queuing up to ask your questions, if there is a question on your heart or if there is an empowerment message that you would like from the tarot, I want to share one of my, my favorite poems, a little bit of that, The Desiderata. The Desiderata by Max Ehrman, written in 1928. Um, the Desiderata. Desiderata is a Latin word that means things that are wanted, something that's wanted. And so I share these lines. Beyond a wholesome discipline, be gentle with yourself. You are a child of the universe. No less than the trees and the stars. You have a right to be here. And whether or not it is clear to you, no doubt the universe is unfolding as it should. And whatever your labors and aspirations and the noisy confusion of life, keep peace with your soul, with all its sham and drudgery and broken dreams. It is still a beautiful world. All right, Kendall would like a card. Let's get this shuffling. Hmm. And so what we have here for you, Kendall, that comes up first is the Ten of Swords. The Ten of Swords um, looks like a rather daunting card. The Ten of Swords, um, to, to be very frank, looks like a stab in the back, a, a betrayal, a hurt. So when we reflect on those things, it could be a pattern of thought that is um, weighing you down. Or it could literally be someone stabbing you in the back, maybe at work, or um, being less than integrous family member or friend. But what we can do with that is stand strong in who you know that you are. Just like the knight of the tarot, 
demonstrating wisdom and diligence and earnestness. Reflecting on how can I demonstrate my diligence today? How can I demonstrate my integrity? How can I demonstrate my earnestness? Because I'm just going to say this. Those who want to throw the knives and stab us in the back are those who are most likely jealous or frightened by our earnestness and integrity and diligence and hard work and ambition. And with that, we also have the Wheel of Fortune come up for you. The Wheel of Fortune. There you go. What goes around comes around. And if you walk your walk and talk your talk in an integrous and diligent way, just like the Ferris wheel, come right back up again. And you will be enlightened with those who are enlightening with you. So good luck there, Kendall. Nikki is feeling a little uncertain about a few events coming up. A message related to that would be great. Okay, thanks, Meshi. Let's see here. Okay. First one that comes up is the Eight of Wands. Um, all I can really say about that one is um, you better put on your seatbelt because you're about to go at ludicrous speed. <laughs> but I think you can handle that. I think you can handle going 950 miles an hour. Um, you are a very capable lady. And you can you can handle many projects bouncing around at, at one time. So what this is feeling for me is just let it go. Be like Elsa. Let it go. Let it go. Let it fly around. Really let the energy move. You also have the Two of Cups coming up. That is known as the relationship card, the partnership card. So maybe a little extra romance um, for yourself. Making sure you are being romantic with yourself romantic with your your spouse letting letting that flourish as well as you're spending um, your time on your, on your business also letting that wonderful 950 mile an hour energy um, be drawn into your relationship and here you also have the three of cups hmm interesting the three of cups that's celebration so I'm thinking of cool in the gang here Celebrate good times. Come on. All you got to do is let it loose. Um, put the clutch down and open the sunroof and the windows down. Turn up your radio and just rock and roll. So it's really about getting out of, getting out of the way. Just letting it ride. Letting it flow. Letting it go. So that's what I have for you there, Nikki. Thanks for your question, and thanks, Kindle, for your question. And we have reached the top of the hour. Is there anyone else who would like an empowerment message 
this evening or would like um, a card pulled for them, have a question. Anything else there? Annie Lamont. One of my other favorite Annie Lamont quotes, grace bats last. And what what do I mean by that? Or what do I think she means by that? Grace bats last. That when you exhaust all of the work that you can do, all of the ways that, that you can make things happen, this is the very last moment when you say that prayer, that grace steps in. Grace, one of my very, very best friend, Marlissa, we've had many conversations about this. She says that, that grace comes at the very second that you need it and not a moment before and not a moment after. Grace, that last. The earth is speaking to us. We are here to listen. We are here to translate. We are here to communicate with her. And even through these powerful changes, the, the forest fires, the storms, the earthquakes, the the aurora borealis, however she speaks, there is a grace and a beauty with her. And we don't need to be chicken littles with the thinking the sky is falling, even though it can get scary or alarming or feel like we're out of place or out of time. That's last. And whether or not it is clear to you, no doubt the universe is unfolding as it should. Thank you, Nishi, for producing tonight. Thank you all for joining me for the September edition of the Tarot Journey. It's always a wonderful time to be together with you. May the peace that surpasses all human understanding be with each and every one of you. Om Shanti and good night. We hope you enjoyed this edition of the Tarot Journey with Julie Hedges on the Star Nations Radio Network.